The views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, advertising partners, or ownership of Forever Communications. It's time for the Tri-State Sports Podcast, presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. Now, here are your hosts, John Thornton and Jordan Taylor. And welcome in. It is the Tri-State Sports Program, presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest. It is just me and John, or just me, Jordan Taylor. Wow, I can't. I am all over the place today. Monday it is morning. just me, John Thornton, and Jordan Taylor here today with you. As uh, we had a couple of guests originally scheduled, but they had to reschedule for next week, and uh, we'll tell you a little bit more about them later on next week. A couple of housekeeping things, as we always do, to start the show. You can reach me on Twitter, John underscore MT eighteen. You can reach Jordan at JT underscore eighteen twenty three. Both of those on Twitter. You can follow the Froggy handle at NWTN underscore Froggy. You can text us on the on our text line, 731-885-9999. A um, couple of things that we want to alert you to as far as uh, possible disruptions to our weekly schedule. Um, as Jordan has, I believe, alluded to in the past, he and his wife are expecting the birth of their uh, daughter in the, what, next month or so, give or take. Yeah, a little bit, month, month and a half, something like that. So, so if randomly we don't have a show one week, know that that is probably, and then randomly I show up the next week with someone like a Mike Hutchins or Davis Gregory to fill in. Know that Jordan is at home celebrating the birth of his daughter and not dying in a car crash or yeah. Something. You can't you can't predict these things, John. You know they kind of do what they want to do, and that's just typically how it is. So you just gotta kind of be ready when. You, I just, you know, when the calendar flips to March, I'm just going to be ready to go. That's all I know. Well, and, you know, you and I were talking about this, trying to look ahead to that uh, last night. And, you know, you kind of said, well, the due date is, what, March 27th? But you're kind of of the thinking, you don't think yeah. it'll be March 27th, probably I before. It, I think it could be a little bit earlier, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. Uh, it is Super Bowl week, and we've got plenty to talk about on that. But it, while obviously really nothing major happened uh, in football. We had plenty of NFL news to get to and plenty of NBA news to break down. And we'll get to that with national headlines in the next segment. We've also had, uh, we're going to ha- also talk about some of the all-star weekend stuff for all of these major sports leagues. What can be fixed? How do you get people's attention? Because you had the Pro Bowl games over the weekend. Yes, the Pro Bowl games, kind of a new twist. The NHL all-star game was recently and the NBA all-star game coming up. And then We'll take a look at the upcoming Super Bowl this weekend, preview that for you. So we'll start with local headlines, Jordan. Obviously, in high school basketball, not a ton to go on there because uh, most people like us were iced in last week. And so most games had to be rescheduled this weekend and this week. Union City got two big wins on the road at St. Benedict over the weekend. And then, you know, looking at the district, it kind of was starting to shape up pretty well with the the bottom three as, you know, you've kind of had a clear-cut top two, but then – Coach Cisco telling me on Saturday with Huntington upsetting Milan, you could have a coin flip deciding where the play-in game would be played if Union City and Huntington finish in a tie for that fourth spot, which obviously uh, could throw a wrench in some things for sure. The boys' side is just crazy. I mean, I don't think that anybody um, really knows who's going to win the district tournament, at least, just based off the fact that so many teams have been up and down. I mean, obviously, Milan's a team you look at as – uh, probably going to be the top team and a team that you expect to win it just because of what they did last year. But um, I just think that the boys' boys' side, which we've talked about a lot this year, 
has an opportunity to be a pretty crazy tournament. Yeah, I mean, in, you know, Gibson County kind of leading the district right mm-hmm. now, but Milan has been ravaged by injuries. I mean, they've yeah. had a couple of really key guys. The Westbrooks kid is out now for the season with a foot injury. Um, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. The girls is pretty much set because Westview defeated Gibson County for the second time uh, over the weekend. And with that, Westview pretty much locked in to host the girls' side of the tournament. They do play Huntington one more time on the road at Huntington, but because Huntington has lost to Gibson County twice, uh, at the end of the day, that, that's really not going to affect things if Huntington were to pull off that upset. So we'll see how that plays out. In Tennessee football news over the past week, Josh Heupel filled the only opening on his staff, Jordan, promoting Alec Albin as his new tight ends coach, was previously an offensive analyst. He's been around Heupel for a while, uh, played for Heupel while he was the offensive coordinator at Missouri. So, you know, Jordan, that's kind of been the way Josh Heupel has done things. You know, he did this last year when, uh, gosh, I get him kind of mixed up. The K's kind of throw me off. Uh, Cody Burns, I think, was the wide receiver coach who left to go to the NFL. He promoted a grad, was was Kelsey Pope a grad assistant or something like that? He was kind of an off, yeah, off field kind of guy as well to wide receivers coach. So now kind of doing the same thing here with the tight ends hired to replace Alex Golish. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely trying to give the guys in house an opportunity to better themselves and take a higher role. Um, you know, we've seen that throughout his his coaching career, really, uh, at least since he's been a head coach. That's kind of what he's been able to do and. You know, I like it because I know it's it's guys that believe in what he's doing. You're not bringing in an outside voice that's going to try to change some things, which obviously if they wanted to, they couldn't because Josh Heupel's the boss. He's the head coach. Um, but still, I mean, I think it's good to give guys an opportunity that are already there with the program. The players are familiar with them. Even if they were in a different role, um, a lot of those guys know who they are. So when they step in, it just kind of makes things go more smooth and go go easier for sure. Well, and I think if, you, if you're if you watching how Josh Heupel handles these things, you, you can tell he values the familiarity. And one mm-hmm. thing I've heard Brent Hubbs from VolQuest talk about quite a bit is he he is very protective of his offense. And when it comes to who is involved in the game planning and the scheming of things, he is he's not going to just hire anybody. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you thought about who he would hire to replace Alex Golish – not just as the tight ends coach, but as the offensive coordinator, you know, he was going to be very picky. And I think Joey Halsley was the easy pick because Halsley's familiar with the offense. He can kind of groom mm-hmm. Halsley as an offensive coordinator, much like he did Golish. And so, you know, similar to what, you know, we talked about with the Pope replacement last year, the familiarity that you talk about, familiarity with the program, what he's trying to do. Um, clearly, Josh Heupel very, very much um, valuing that when he looks for hires. In Titans news, Jeffrey Simmons came out last week, says he wants to be in Tennessee and is confident that it will happen. So, you know, Jordan, any thoughts on that? I mean, obviously he is kind of, you know, he's up for an extension, I think, and probably one of a long list of uh, items that Rand Carthon is going to have to take care of now as the Titans general manager. Man, he's got a lot to unravel and figure out who he wants to pay and uh, what kind of money they deserve. Um, and it's 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 going to be tough because he's new, he's coming in, and he doesn't want to take anybody off. Um, but I think depending on how realistic Jeffrey Simmons is and how bad he wants, does he really believe that? Does he really mean that? Um, we'll determine whether or not he's there because there's going to be teams, John, out there that can pay him more money and they can give him more guaranteed money. The Titans don't have um, as much there to offer. I mean, obviously they can still pay him well and then he can be one of the highest players on the team, highest paid players on the team. Um, but there's going to be other places that could give him calls and, um, the only downfall is the Titans aren't very good this year. Obviously, finishing seven and ten, 
but the teams that are going to pay him big money are even worse. So how, you know, do you want to go get paid or do you want to be on a team that probably will contend again for an ASC South championship, depending on how the chips fall. But um, we'll see what he, what he does and, and how that all unravels. I, I think they need to find a way. I mean, we, we saw this nightmare last year with the receiver that walked. Um, so they got to, they got to find can't a way. Even say his name. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember who he was, but they gotta find. They gotta find a way to. Uh, they gotta find a way to pay the superstars. And and I mean, I think everybody would agree. Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best, you know, interior D linemen in the oh, league for sure. Yeah, I mean, if he were to leave, if things were to fall through with the Titans, he would have an ample list of uh, possible yeah. suitors and teams that would want to pay him yeah. big money to bring him to their team. So. You know, certainly, if you're a Titans fan, that's a deal you want to see get done and, and get. Unless done. it's just completely unrealistic, but I yeah. think that they'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. In Memphis Grizzlies news, there has not been a lot of good news on the court right now. Um, obviously, with uh, they have lost, 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 I think eight of their last nine games. They kind of stopped the bleeding briefly with the win over the Pacers last week, but they've lost to Portland. They've lost to Toronto. It's just been, uh, and of Lakers. course. The lake, well, yeah, I mean, I'm going, you know, you go all the way back to that West Coast oh, yeah. trip, disaster. Uh, and, and But a couple of uh, – one of the bright spots was John Morant and Jaron Jackson both named to the NBA All-Star game. So that's great because that's the first time two Grizzlies have made the same All-Star game. So that's a great wow. bit of PR. Um, however, you've got other things that are going on. Dylan Brooks gets ejected after he gets into a fight with Donovan Mitchell. There's another loss. They lost to the Cavaliers last week. I even forgot about that. BBA is investigating uh, reports of John Morant associates being involved in a verbal altercation with the Pacers. And, you know, I, this is the thing that I'm going to be interested in, Jordan. You know, we'll get to this more in the next segment. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday. And the Grizzlies – I think they got to make a move if they're wanting to make a deep run this year. I mean, because, you know, listening to Memphis podcasts and, and hearing them talk about it, to me, as a Grizzlies fan, to me, you've got to find a way to get rid of Dylan Brooks. I mean, look, I am so tired of Dylan Brooks with the pull-up jumpers in the face of three people. Yeah. Stop. Like, Ja, Bain, Jaron, and then whoever after that. Those three guys have to be your main three scores. I think they've got to find another wing that is consistent and knows his role. And the name that keeps coming up is OG Ananobi. Um, I don't know if they'll make that deal because the Grizzlies do have all their first-round picks for the next, I think, six or seven years. But this front office is very protective of them. And the issue right now, Jordan, with the Grizzlies is a lot of these young guys, you know, your Zaire Williams, their picks from this year, David Roddy, Jake LaRavia, Santi Aldama even. I mean, they're just young, and they just have to develop. And, you know, so it's just not a team that's set up yet, I think, for a deep playoff run. Yeah, I think, you know, teams say it – excuse me. Teams say it a lot, um, you know, what is our window to win? You know, you know, you got to look at the roster – and I think one thing, if I was a Grizzlies fan that I'm concerned with is, you know, the front office may look at the roster and go, we're still young. We don't have to do anything crazy right now. We're going to be around for a while. You know, we don't have to make that push. But uh, this was a conversation I was going to bring up later when we talk about Kyrie. But what are we seeing the majority of pro sports do? Pro sports teams do. They're selling out everything they have for one or two seasons. If you look at what the Rams did last year, they were awful this year. They don't have any picks in the future that are good. No. Um, so, you know, 
it's a it's a tricky situation to me. And if I'm a Grizzlies fan, I kind of walk a line of okay, do I want to give up a lot to make sure that we have a chance to go win it this year? Whenever you got other teams, especially on the East Coast this year, that are good uh, and can probably beat us, even if we do make a couple trades. Or do I want to ride out our young our young players and know that we have a really good core and try to keep them all together? Because teams aren't stupid. I mean, if you try to make a, a deal, they're going to want to take away some of your young pieces that you have. And I've been I actually I played pickup basketball last week with a bunch of my buddies who are big Grizzlies fans. I'm kind of the the oddball when it comes to basketball, being a Spurs guy. But I asked them the same question. I said, "Do we like Dylan Brooks or do we not like Dylan Brooks?" And every one of them looked at me and said, are you stupid? Are you crazy? No, get him gone. Get him out of here. And the only argument I've seen for Dylan Brooks is that he defends well. Yes. But I'll be honest with you. If you look at his numbers, and this, again, was pointed out to me by Grizzlies fans, he has not been very good defending them this year. He has, he has taken a step back defending this year. So if he's not scoring, if he's taking dumb shots, and he's st- taking a step back defensively, I think it may be time, uh, like you said, John, to, to start shopping him and seeing what you can get for him. Well, and his deal is expiring this year, and that's the other side of this, that if you're the Grizzlies front office, next year John Morant's big deal is going to kick in. You're going to start paying him excess of $30 million a year. Then Desmond Bain's going to be coming around. You're going to want to pay him, you know, probably in excess of $30 million. And so, you know, you talk about your window. Well, the window, I mean – the window to improve is only going to be open so long because once you're paying, you know, you're, you're going to have a ton of money invested in John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson, and then you're not going to have a ton left to, you know, invest in other pieces around them. And so, to me, yeah, now's to the put time. It in perspective, to put it in perspective, in the football world, it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Look yes. at all the young talent they have that they haven't really had to pay yet. You know, yeah. they have to start having to pay those guys. Things are going to get really interesting, and it could start this offseason with T. Higgins possibly leaving. Yeah, well, and, I mean, Joe Burrow's fixing to get a big deal. Mm-hmm. And you talk about Higgins and, and Chase. I mean, you know, one of them is probably going to get a bag, and like you said, the other's probably going to walk. And I'm probably leaning like you are that, I mean, Jamar is probably the one you pay. And then you see if you can keep T, if T's willing to take some kind of a pay cut. But, I mean, you know, Still Higgins can make a lot of money elsewhere. You still got a lot of other guys you got to pay too. That's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. That's just the world we're at, and in, in, in sport, or that's where we're at in the, in the sports world now. It's just yeah, you know, the superstars are demanding big money, and it's making it hard to keep the role guys. No doubt about that. In Tennessee basketball news, they reached number two in the AP poll, but split with a road loss at Florida. The offense again just that was very inconsistent on the road, and then. I mean, an offensive uh, clinic, or I'm sorry, uh, a brick house, you could say, of a win over Auburn. What was it, 48-45, the final score? And I, and I told our friend Davis Gregory, I said, the only scoreline in, in a Division One basketball game I've heard worse is when Tennessee lost to Georgetown 37-36 to in 2012. I mean, I, I didn't, look, I was going to Memphis to do the cover the, the St. Benedict Union City games. So I didn't get a chance to watch it, but just based on what everyone tells me, it was horrific. I didn't. I was glancing at it. We had the TVs on there um, this weekend, uh, but I, I didn't. I didn't really get to watch it. And I had a buddy that was there, um, and he told me it was awful. Um, but where's the offense? I mean, I watched. The, I watched the whole Florida game the other night. I mean that, and they're so inconsistent. They 
Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, John, they look lost at times. And for a team that has experience, um, it's kind of concerning because if uh, is not hitting, then it looks like Tennessee's offense just goes down the drain. Yeah, I mean, and that's the that's one of the things I think you you worry about with Tennessee. I mean, you've got a lot of of good pieces. I mean, Ziegler disappears. Yeah. disappears. Ziegler is, yeah. is good at what he does. I mean, you've got a couple. I mean, Kumwa can be good, and I do can be good. But you know, when it's crunch time, who are you giving the ball to? I mean, mm-hmm. who's going to go get you a bucket when you need to win a game? And, and they, I mean, we're in February now, and it doesn't feel like. That's been addressed. Since the calendars flipped to February. They've been playing worse than they have all year, so that's not a good time to to start, you know, trending backwards. But I mean, like you said, the, their defense will keep them in most games. But there are going to be times where you've got to score to keep up with teams, especially mm-hmm. once it comes tournament time. And so Tennessee's got to get it figured out on the offensive end. Uh, in Cardinals news, uh, Dexter Fowler announced his retirement, former Cardinal and Cub. UT Martin basketball, the Skyhawk men struggling right now as well. They have lost back-to-back games as Parker Stewart has missed the past two with an injury. They have dropped into a tie for fourth in the OVC. The UT Martin women are getting healthier. They split last weekend's road trip, uh, a win over SIUE on Thursday, and a loss to Lindenwood on the road on uh, Saturday. And I think tonight or tomorrow they're on the road at Evansville out of conference, but they are fourth in the OVC right now so we'll see how things continue as we i think they've only got about three weeks left before the ovc tournament uh, so close. yes so evansville awaits for both of those programs and obviously hope the best for them let's take a break when we come back we'll get into the national headlines as the nfl and the nba a ton to unpack from the past week, it is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. For your next car or truck, come see Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Jerry Ward and his all-star team have a lot filled with pre-owned small, mid-sized, and full-size cars, SUVs, and nice trucks, too. And if they don't have the right size, they'll find it for you. No matter what you're looking for, score your next ride at Jerry Ward Autoplex, Real Foot Avenue in Union City, or online at jerrywardautoplex.com. Like Jerry always says, Don't dream it, drive it. Be a winner with Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Segment two on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. And uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in today. Again, we had a couple of guests that had to reschedule to next week. And also appreciate appreciate you bearing with Jordan and I, who have both been dealing with the uh, head crud, I guess, the last couple of days. So uh, appreciate well, John, it was it was forty five, then sixty five, and then twenty five. So it's yep. yeah. The, yeah, the weather has just I think screwed up everybody's uh, sinuses the last couple yeah. of days. Um, one other oh, I, we have yet to announce this, and we need to. Uh, congratulations to Chase Prescott for winning the uh, bowl pick'em. I keep forgetting to do that, so wanted to congratulate him. That's and, just uh, Chase. Ain't no big deal. Ain't no big deal. <laughs> but we'll get him all of his uh, prizes accordingly. Uh, he may have a val- he may have a Valentine's Day. We need to get him that right. gift card. Yeah, we do need to give him the Mustos gift card. Yeah. So, uh, will be congratulations to him on that. Well, the NFL and the NBA dominated the headlines last week for varying reasons. So let's dive into that. In the NFL, five different head coaching o- off o- openings. As we headed into the offseason, three have now been filled. We discussed Carolina hiring former Colts coach Frank Wright last week. Let's start with the two that were filled last week, and then we'll look at the two remaining openings here in just a second. But Denver 
has finally finalized a trade with New Orleans. They will hire Sean Payton as their new head coach. They sent a 2023 first-round pick and next year's second to acquire Payton in a 2024 third from New Orleans. It comes after Denver tried to hire D'Amico Ryans, but he turned the gig down to go to Houston. And so that'll lead us to that point. We'll kind of tackle these together, Jordan. Texans are bringing in 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans. He comes back to Houston, which makes kind of sense because he played there from 06 to 2011, was the defensive rookie of the year, two-time pro bowler and a first-team all-pro in 2007. So obviously he had several connections down there to the Texans organization. So which one of these do you want to discuss first, Sean Payton or D'Amico Ryans? I think um, we could start with Sean Payton. I'm a little bit shocked that that Sean Payton wasn't the guy for the Broncos in general because I think you have to have an offensive mind to try to save what is going on with Russell Wilson. Yes. So if they were going to go, uh, they were going to go with Ryan's. He was a defensive player, defensive mind. It's a little bit shocked that that was their number one choice. But the only reason I can think that that may be the case is because they know how much they were going to have to give up to go get Sean Payton. Um, but when Ryan's, you know, declined. I'm sure it was respectably. Um, they had to make the call to Peyton and figure out what they were going to do. But you want to talk about giving up the farm for a coach and a quarterback. Yes. That's exactly what uh, the Denver Broncos have done. So we'll see how long this stint lasts with uh, Russell Wilson and, and Sean Payton. Yeah, you mentioned that Denver has now given up seven draft picks and is paying Wilson $161 million and Peyton $20 million to marry the two together. And they have quite literally – um, giving them everything, and they have hitched their wagon to those two. And so do you do you see this working out? Do you think Sean Payton can revive Russell Wilson in the next couple of years? I mean, I, I think they're better because you can't really be much worse. Um, but, again, I think it's going to depend on – I think we're going to find a lot more out about, okay, is it Russell Wilson or is it the coach? But part of me feels like if it goes south that people are still going to be saying, well, Sean Payton was out of football for a year and that's what messed it all. Like, I don't feel like anybody wants to, to – to, look at Russell Wilson because he is a pretty guy. People know him as a pretty good guy off the field, pretty solid yeah. guy. Uh, it's really hard to to point the finger and say that he's the problem. Um, but I do think they'll be better, and I think Sean Payton will want to obviously make him better to win. And uh, I, think, I think the Broncos will improve. I just don't know how much, John. Yeah, well, and here's the other side I want to look at with Houston. You know, you mentioned Denver probably needed to go with an offensive mind. Do you think it would have behooved – now, I get the sentimental pick, and I know D'Amico Ryans is a hot name, defensive guy, but – and I'll even stretch this to Indianapolis and Arizona when we go to those two openings. Do you think it would behoove the Cardinals, the Colts, or and even looking back at the Texans to have hired a younger offensive coordinator because, I mean, Arizona's got a young guy in Kyler Murray that they're paying a ton of money. You probably want to try to get him going. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis is probably fixing to draft a young quarterback. Houston's probably fixing the draft a young quarterback. So do you think it probably better suited to draft or to hire an offensive guy that can kind of groom who the future of these franchises is going to be? I, I would say so probably because you, you know, you want to work the head coach works hand in hand uh, with the quarterback. I mean, regardless if it's a defense or offensive mind, you got to be right there in his ear. You got to be uh, his, his biggest teammate, obviously, and you got to have that trust and that bond. So um, I definitely think it it opens up the fact of, you know, they may go look for a younger offensive mind to to better suit 
those guys. Arizona messed up when they paid Kyler Murray what they paid Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's that's all I could say about that. Um, if you look at Indy and, and Houston, uh, I wouldn't say they're in great situations, uh, but because they're about to be taking a chance on the guy. But I definitely think they're going to be better at the position after this next draft. So hard to be worse. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to be. It's hard to be much much worse. And thankfully for you guys, for if you're an Indy fan or a Houston fan, um, this quarterback draft class is not the worst one we've seen in a while. I mean, there's some no. decent quarterbacks in this draft. So, um, I mean, I, I would say probably that right there at the top of the list would be about you know Will Levis or so. But um, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what they decide to do. Uh, but there are some. I think there are some good names and some guys that that can that can pan out in the NFL for sure in this class. So Arizona has narrowed down their search to three names: Brian Flores, the former Miami Dolphins head coach, now senior defensive assistant and linebackers coach with Pittsburgh; Mike Kafka, Giants offensive coordinator, who did a really good job with yeah, Daniel Jones; and then Lou Anarumo, the Bengals defensive coordinator. So three candidates left for the Cardinals. The Colts are still. Um, I don't know. Um, they have seven candidates left on the board, and they are pretty much all over the place. Uh, now, Ajiro Ivero is out of the hunt. He's taking the Panthers' defensive coordinator job. He was a big name. He was the Broncos' defensive coordinator. The other names the Colts are still looking for and have either interviewed twice or are going to interview again, Rich Bisaccia, Packers special teams coordinator, Brian Callahan, the Bengals O.C., Aaron Glenn, the Lions, D.C., the Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator for the Giants, Raheem Morris, the defensive coordinator for the Rams, and obviously interim coach Jeff Saturday, although thankfully, like I told you, Jordan, doesn't sound like he's very high on the list right now, even though he did get a second interview. And then Shane Stacken, uh, the Eagles offense coordinator, and, and the top two names that I keep hearing in Colts world are Raheem Morris and Shane uh, Steichen, or Stechen, I don't know how you say it, so – kind of all over the place here for these two remaining openings. Yeah, I mean, look, if you want to keep Jeff Saturday, I mean, this is, you know, I've been joking about this for weeks, but in, in all seriousness, if you want to keep the guy, keep him. Just don't make him your head coach. If you want to be good, we, we know that you that that trial has it's, it's already ran its course, and I understand that you're trying to put a Band-Aid on something last year by putting a guy in there that was a legend for y'all and is obviously thought of high in Indianapolis and – John, I, I feel like he's still, even after you know not succeeding with the gig, people still think a lot of Jeff Saturday. I mean, they yeah. still the Colts fans still love him, uh, but just not as their head coach. Not so as a head coach. If, if no. I'm if I'm the Colts, if you want him to hang around, cool. Just put him in uh, maybe the front office in a lower role, or as an you know, O line assistant, O line coach, or something like that. Um, and if he wants to hang out, cool. But I just don't think that's the best move for them uh, moving forward. And it don't look like that's what they're going to do, but. Uh, there, there's some good names there, some good young names too. So we'll see what, what the Colts decide to do. Yeah, we'll be interesting to see as we've hit Super Bowl week. And so we'll see if either of those two openings are filled when we come back on Monday. Some other headlines from a busy week in the NFL. It was now Brock Purdy tore his UCL in the NFC Championship game. He is out for six months. And so now questions looming over the 49ers quarterback room. As Kyle Shanahan said, an offseason split with Jimmy Garoppolo is likely – you know, last week we talked to Davis Gregory about Kellen Moore getting an interview with the Chargers offensive coordinator. Minutes after we finished last week's show, that hire became official, and the Cowboys have named Brian Schottenheimer as their new offensive coordinator whose offenses have a history of underwhelming, to say the least, if you look at his history. So good luck, Dallas. Uh, Tom Brady has announced his retirement for the second time in a video last week. 
said this one is for good. We'll get into that here in a second. Brady set to make $375 million as Fox's lead NFL analyst. Joe Mixon had charges of misdemeanor aggravated menacing, dismissed after he pointed a gun at somebody. Derek Carr is not moving his February 15th uh, deadline for a trade from Las Vegas. He has a no trade clause in his contract. They have to, the Raiders have to trade or release him by February 15th, which is next week. The NFL says concussions are up big from in 2022. Josh Jacobs has not heard from the Raiders on an extension, but he wants to stay in Vegas. And Aaron Rodgers right now is blowing a ton of smoke regarding Las Vegas while he was playing golf last week at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which he won, <laughs> um, which was pretty crazy. Devontae Adams is apparently dying to have him back. So, Jordan, I, yeah. here's where I want here, we'll, we'll get to Tom Brady in a second. Would it not make sense if you're Green Bay and Vegas just to trade Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers for each other? I mean, Carr wants out. Green Bay is not a bad place to be. Rodgers would love to go back to be with his buddy, Devontae Adams. I mean, now, granted, I know there probably have to be other pieces involved. But oh, Green, Bay's, Green Bay's got to win the trade. I mean, thinking to. out loud, can you not, like, can yeah. you not put them two together and then they add some pieces around out. it? Yeah, yeah, figure something out. I mean, that's it's definitely what, what they want to do. Um, I just – Aaron Rodgers in Las Vegas, man. This is – Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it, we just keep adding this layers to how crazy the sports world's getting. And and this that right there would be would be hilarious. Watching that, I'm, just imagine Aaron Rodgers living in Las Vegas and playing football. I mean, I just yeah. – it would be hilarious. Well, the I mean, headlines it, would be great. I mean, well, look, and you think about it, like the he's at that golf tournament and people keep asking him, he goes, I'm not going to San Francisco. And then five minutes later he's doing an interview and he said, well, you know, the uh, – the fan base that I'm hearing a lot from is the Raiders. It's like, bro, I mean, come on. Just just yeah. say you want to go to the Raiders. We know you love you and Devontae are, are good buddies. Yep. We know you want it. So uh, go ahead and go. Now let's go to Tom Brady. Retiring for the second time. Is this it, Jordan? Do you think it's really over? Uh, I would say so. I guess this time he, you know, he cried. So I mean, I guess this is it. He teared up. Um yeah, he's done. I mean, I, I said this last time. You said no. You were right. Um, but I I really feel like he's done this time. Look at the money he's about to make. I mean, and maybe he's trying to go back and get his wife. I mean, who knows? Maybe he's trying to remarry. I don't know. Well, um, I think I think that's part of why he's done. It, it, it is, is this time, I mean, he don't, think about it. He don't have it no more, man. Well, it's not as necessarily as much that. I think it had more to do with the divorce and yeah. losing his kids and, and having his family fracture and just, you know. They're on two separate sides of the country as well. She lives on the other coast. So, so I, I think that's a big part of it. I think mentally he, you know, everything that went, he went through on the – and, you know, off the field this year really. He's, he's still going to be traveling on Sundays, though, to all these games. And yeah. Games, so it's still going to be crazy, but obviously not as much practicing and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I think it's really the end, and if it is, salute is to him. Is he the best? Un, unbiased here, John. Is he the best of all time? No. I, I don't think because – look, somebody put it this way. He's the most prolific winner, but I don't think from a quarterback standpoint he's the best quarterback that's ever – I mean, I think there have been better, you know, up and down better quarterbacks that have not played on good teams. And I'm not saying that because I'm an Indianapolis Colts Peyton Manning fan. I, I de definitely think you look around, there are more talented quarterbacks that have played the position than Tom Brady. Tom Brady was really good. 
The way I said it, the way I said it was, it's easier to argue that Brady's not the best quarterback of all time than it is to say Jordan's not better than LeBron. That's what yeah. I said. I, I think it's it's a lot easier to look at it and go, okay, LeBron's, you know, or uh, Michael Jordan's better than LeBron, but you know, you can argue it a little bit. And I'm not a LeBron guy. You can argue it a little bit. Look what LeBron's about to do this week with scoring. You know, about to take the scoring title over. And he's not even really a scorer. He's a pass-first guy, but he's been playing so long. I think it's easier to argue those two than it is to say that that Brady's the best. Because, I mean, I, I like you said, I think there's other guys out there that were really, really good at the position but didn't have necessarily the key pieces. Uh, but you can't help to hand your dealt. And Brady was smart when he left uh, New England. He went to a team that was ready to contend right then. And that was the Bucks at that point. Yeah. So, you know, he's definitely one of the, the best winners, if not the best winner at the position. And, I mean, yeah. obviously he is. He's got the most Super Bowls. But um, I still think he's in the top three, even at that. Yeah. You still got to – and I don't like him <laughs> very, very much. But yeah. um, I still think – and he's – you know, he beat every NFL team, which is impressive. Um, so, yeah, I think he's in the top three. And, I mean, him him leaving is, I mean, obviously closing the chapter in, in a book of quarterbacks that we remember from when we started watching football, yes. which is even more wild. So it's kind of crazy. It is really. I mean, really the only one left is Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's the yeah. only kind of – And he was a little left. bit behind them, but he still, yeah. he still would be, you know, right there in that mix. So on the other coast, uh, you know, obviously Tom Brady saluted on a great career. Now San Francisco kind of in a mess here. Uh, yeah. You know they're le- le- they're going to let Jimmy G leave in the off season. Uh, now you your other two quarterbacks, Trey Lance is still coming back from a broken fibula and ligament damage. Brock Purdy probably going to be out through the beginning of training camp. So you know you really can't even say you're going to have a quarterback competition because you don't know when who is going to be healthy and when who can play. Yeah. So if you're San Francisco, what do you do? I think you know looking at this. I think you may have to to go look and see if you can't find another guy that can compete for the job as well. Um, don't think they would go after like a Derek Carr, but they may. Um, you know, I I don't know that you're sold on Lance or Purdy. You know, but and and he had a good year, but I don't know that you're sold on him or Lance to know that that's what your future you know is going to be behind and who, who you're going to rely on. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Um, but I, I do think, John, that they have to shop and see what they can find and what quarterbacks they may could go get. You may, you may, I'm kind of thinking maybe you sign a Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton type that is more of a backup guy now, but can start can for compete. you. Yeah. yeah. Can compete, can be a healthy influence in the locker room, can, you know, and when one, of the, one or both of those guys are healthy, you can give them a chance. Let's go to the NBA where, my goodness, what a weekend in that regard revolving around one Kyrie Irving. We'll get to that here in a second. LeBron, Jordan mentioned, set to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar this week on the all-time scoring list. He reached fourth all-time on the assist list last week. The all-star reserves were announced in the Western Conference. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jaron Jackson, Jr., Damian Lillard, Laurie Markkinen, John Morant, DeMontis Sabonis, and Paul George. In the East, Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, and Julius Randle. Any snubs that you can think of offhand, Jordan? Don't get me lying, John. I was like looking at this list, trying to think of other guys um, you know, that may have been missed out on. Um, 
I can't really think of anybody outside of of what's on there. I mean, yeah. I don't really know who are the. I, I, I ain't even seen the starters. That tells you how much I've kept up with it. So. Uh, I don't have them in front of me offhand. Um, I know LeBron and Giannis are picking the teams. Let me see if I can find the starters. Starter doing this live on the air, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We love good show prep. <laughs> Did they not? Uh, uh, they don't like the Atlanta Hawks, don't look like. They got some good talent that they didn't put on there. So, front, no, wait, that's still, okay, here we go. Guards for the Eastern Conference, which I don't know how this changes things now. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, and then the front court of Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and Giannis in the West. It was Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron, Zion Williamson, and Nikola Jokic were the, the starters, but a lot of injuries on that list, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's get into it. Obviously, this was an enormous weekend headline that really a story that started last summer and kind of cooled off for a while. And now we're back to it as Kyrie Irving said on Friday that he wanted to be traded by Thursday's deadline or he would walk in free agency, turn down an extension with the Nets because they had some stipulations and he was totally against them. He wanted a fully guaranteed deal. And so, you know, Jordan, we probably thought we would still be talking about that portion of the story on today's show. And then yep. yesterday afternoon, Kyrie Irving traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks are getting Irving and Markeith Morris for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first rounder and two second rounders. Uh, Luca has a running mate now. Jason Kidd wanted the deal. The Mavs are going to kind of see how it goes for this half of the season. And then think about offering a long-term extension. The Nets prefer the packages. The Mavs had more despite uh, plenty of talks with the Lakers, the Suns, and the Clippers. We'll get to those packages here in a moment. Um, Joe Sy apparently re refused to send Kyrie to the Lakers despite uh, that's always where Kyrie's kind of wanted to be. He's been seeking a deal for four years, $198.5 million, which is a max extension available to him until June 30th. He's also eligible to sign a two-year, $83 million extension with the Mavs before June 30th if he wants to. So you've got these other packages that were offered. Phoenix offered Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and some picks. The Lakers offered Westbrook and two first-rounders. The Clippers offered Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, future first-rounder, and two first-round pick swaps. So that's where we are now. Jordan, you know, I told you, I've told other people, my initial reaction, the more I thought about this, is this is an awful lot to give up for a guy you may only have for half a season. And, you know, you, we talk about putting all your chips on the table. I, I don't know that it puts Dallas in the title conversation because while Luka and, and Kyrie are great scorers, defensively, Neither one of them are particularly great. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you make of all of it? Conversation, I think, yes. Short list, I think, no. Um, when you're looking at the top two or three teams, probably not. Uh, but I think they're in the conversation because Luca by himself before Kyrie could go into games. If he has, you know, he has those nights. We've seen them, the, the stat lines. <clears throat> but the consistency, I think, would have to be insane in the, in the playoff run for – for them to be able to to win it all with just Luca, I, I look at this two ways, John. I've been thinking a lot about it since it happened. Um, I don't really understand. From one side of me, I don't understand it. I'm thinking, what is what in the world is Brooklyn doing? 
Um, or is Dallas doing? Sorry. Um, they're getting rid of some key guys to go get a guy that may not show up to work. He might be ticked off and just decide, hey, I'm not coming to the office today. Yeah. Um, which is obviously the gymnasium. Um, <laughs> but he may start, you know, talking about some things that he goes off on the limb and start talking about some random uh, worldly topics. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so what are you getting? I mean, you know what you're getting on the floor whenever he does play in the last mm-hmm. few weeks because he wanted this. He's been playing really well. He's looked like the old Kyrie, the Kyrie mm-hmm. that, you know, threw LeBron on his back in the finals with Cleveland. With Cleveland. Um, so look at this two ways. I, I don't understand it on one side for Dallas. On the other side, it goes back to what I kind of led into earlier. I do get it because Luca said, go get me somebody. And Luca yep. is the face of your franchise. And guess what happens if you don't go get Luca somebody? Luca leaves. So this is where we're at in the sports world, man. They demand things. They say, hey, you do this, you pay me this, you go get this guy, or peace. And these guys got to do it. And if there's one if there's one organization that'll do it, it's Dallas. They'll they'll make some moves. They'll do some they'll do some crazy things for their superstars. Um but I, I do I do think it's gonna work out, John, but I think it only works out through the rest of this year. And I don't mean it works out as in they go to the Western Conference Finals or they go to the Finals. I just mean you won't notice anything, I don't think, too dramatic. I think things will work out because they got to make it look good. But then when it's time to re-sign, if they go to the Western Conference Finals or they you know, have a – say they lose in game seven of the Western Conference Finals or the, the round before whatever, and everybody's like, man, they could be something next year. They seem, you know, they need to make it work with Kyrie money-wise. He's gonna walk for the next big, you know, next best deal. That's just how he is. Um, I, I think the team that they should have traded with, based off what we've been told was the options, is Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, what you were gonna get, Crowder and Paul, Chris Paul's older, but he's still a really good player. Um, and I, I think if you put, you're not only you get Kyrie, and you know you got a talent. He's younger than Chris Paul. He's a point guard, but you don't know what you're getting off the floor. You get Chris Paul, you know what you're getting. Oh, yeah. No, exactly what you're getting. He's been the same guy the whole time. And then you get to add Jay Crowder with that as well, which is a good player. He's not a bad player at all. Good defender. He shoots three, can drive, um, and a tough player. So, you know, he's kind of the, that guy that, that you just need out there. So, I would have traded with Phoenix. I understand not trading with L.A., um, but obviously there was a little tension there. He didn't really want to do that anyway. But, um, yeah, I, I probably would have went with Phoenix, but – I don't know. I see two sides of it. I, I see one side where I'm like, I don't know what they're doing. And then I see another side where you got to make the superstar happy. And, and again, it goes back to that window. How, how short is their window? Luca wants somebody to help him and they went and got somebody. So we'll see if it works out. The other side of it too, you know, all <laughs> the uh, worldly fetishes Kyrie has aside that, you know, he, whenever he, you know, the day he wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and decides I'm not coming to work today, all that aside, you have the injury thing. I mean, the, the guy who misses, you know, half a season at a time a lot of the time. So, I mean. Is he really hurt, though, or is he just ticked off about something? Uh, I mean, that, you make a valid point. <laughs> you can't really. I mean, I mean I, I, he's I, a strange he, cat, man. He is he just is a very, cat. very different cat. Uh, <laughs> on the other side of the fallout with the Nets, the Nets are saying they intend to use the picks they got to try to get some other assets and improve the roster around Kevin Durant. But I'm like you, I I don't know what, I mean, look, I think they got good guys back, good role players that will help KD. But 
I mean, to me, it's hard to envision unless they are able to find, land a superstar before Thursday. John, you could. The problem is, you could thump KD and he'd be out for a week. Yes, or two weeks or three weeks. I mean, it's you're talking about a guy that's been banged up. It's been KD. He can't stay on the floor. He has a good stretch of a week or two, and then all of a sudden he's hurt for six weeks. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's I hard for me to hard yeah. for me to see the Nets in title contention now. No, I think they can go get guys, but are they going to be enough to help KD? Probably yeah. not. Probably not. Um. Moving on, Steph Curry out multiple weeks. He tore a bunch of ligaments in his lower legs. So that's really going to hurt the the Warriors' cause as they try to make a push in the playoffs. Um, and some news in college football and basketball, Davison Igbenusen, who we talked about as possibly going to Tennessee, ended up at Ohio State. Jaden Rashada, who had a $13 million NIL deal at Florida, fall through, is now headed to Arizona State. Guess he got enough of a bag there that he decided to go there. Nick Saban was busy last week. He has officially hired two new coordinators, Notre Dame offensive coordinator Tommy Reese coming down from South Bend to Tuscaloosa, and Miami defensive coordinator Kevin Steele will be the new D.C. Reese has been at his alma mater since 2017 as quarterback, coach, and O.C. He's only 30, very young in this business. Heck, I remember him playing quarterback at Notre Dame. I mean, that's how young he is. So kind of a young and upper. Well, that's how old you are. One of the two. Maybe it is how old I am. I mean, he's only five years older than you and I. Uh, whereas Kevin Steele is a name that, if you follow the SEC, he has been around the block. Has been at Tennessee, Alabama, LSU, and Auburn multiple different times. So he's kind of a familiar name in SEC circles. And then speaking of the SEC, Texas and Oklahoma not expected to join the conference until 2025 after negotiations between them. Fox, ESPN, and the Big 12 broke down. So, Jordan, any reaction to those college football nuggets yeah. from the past week? Still was already nine years into coaching before, you know, Reeves was even born. So, that tells you tells you anything um, there. And coaching at this level, at least. I mean, I, I, I look at this. It doesn't matter who Saban really hires, man. We know he's going to hire guys that he knows are going to fit what he wants to do. He's got a young guy as offense coordinator. I mean, we remember he's had some, some young offense coordinators in the past. Um that he's, you know, brought in that, that do the flashy things and throw the ball down the field, and that's kind of where we're at in college football. And, I mean, I think Reeves can be pretty good. I think Saban will groom him and, and make him do exactly what he wants to do, like it, Saban does with everybody. Still comes back, and you look at his numbers, they haven't been great. I mean, he had one of the worst defenses in the in the, in the the uh, college football last year. But one thing about him is he's worked for him. He's worked for Saban. He knows what he expects. He's worked in the SEC, multiple stops. Obviously, he stopped at Tennessee as well. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think that I think it'll be fine. I mean, I think Alabama is going to be Alabama because yep. the man in charge, as bad as I hate to say it, um, they're going to be right there. They had the top recruiting class, I believe, had the most five stars again. Um, so they're going to be right there contending once again, as we are so used to seeing for how many years now, John? Several, several. Well, I mean, it's been 20, feels like so. As long as Nick Saban's been there, yeah, I know. Yeah. So um, I, I don't mind. I don't mind those two hires. I was kind of upset though. I wanted Texas and Oklahoma to be, you know, granted to go ahead and be able to jump yeah. in. I, after this next season, I wanted the next season, obviously the twenty-four season, them to go ahead and be in the SEC. I wanted to see the new schedule uh, and what that was going to look like. I did read where Tennessee may use the annual, may lose the annual game with Florida, which kind of stinks because I mm. enjoy that as well. So the schedule is going to be. Weird, but I think it's going to be cool to see what the conference goes to and 
Um, when we go to this 12-team playoffs, I think anybody can agree with this, especially SEC fans. There's going to be a lot of SEC teams in it. There's probably going to be seven, eight teams every year that are sitting there with an opportunity to, to win the whole thing. Yeah, no doubt about I mean, that. Once it be I don't mean right now, once it expands. Yeah, I, I'm mm-hmm. kind of disappointed too. I'm kind of, you know, we've been talking about this, I feel like, what, for two years now? Or it feels yeah. like two years. We, we've been talking, maybe it was, was it only last summer when this happened? Or was it two summers ago? I don't even remember. I think it was two summers. I just want to see Arch Manning try to in the Stadium. Is what I want to yes. Say. That would yeah, be awesome. That, that would be very interesting. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the all-star weekends in sports. How do you improve them? Why do people not watch them? We'll get into that on the other side. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. Are you looking for a place to sit back, relax, and support your favorite sports teams? It's the Hawks Nest Bar and Grill in Martin. On Mondays, $3 well shots and $1 90 light cans. Also, weekly cornhole tournaments with $10 blind draws. Sign ups at 6 and bags fly at 7. Titsy Tuesdays, trivia night, $2 well tequila shots, $2 90 cans, two-for-one well shots, and also $2 tacos. Wednesday, wing Wednesday with 50-cent wings. Karaoke on Thursday and each and every weekend live music, so be sure to stop by and support your favorite local bands at the Hawk's Nest at 105 Church Street in Martin. Segment three on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawk's Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. John Thornton, Jordan Taylor here today. Uh, you know, Jordan, we had talked about this yesterday, you and I, because, you know, we were looking for a way to kind of fill our guest segment slot from uh, that's getting bumped next week. So, you know, I kind of said, let's talk about these all-star games and how do you make them better? Because, you know, it's kind of what's in season right now. The NHL just had theirs, the NBA, theirs is coming up. And obviously the new format for the NFL, the Pro Bowl games was introduced this year. Did you watch any of this over the weekend? I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't. I was I was at church and then had maternity pictures. I, I was really busy yesterday, so I haven't – I didn't really get to – I mean, I saw some of the videos you see on yeah, Twitter that, and stuff, but that's about that, it. That's kind of me as well. But I will say, just <clears throat> judging from a quick skim on Twitter, it was kind of a meh reaction it was what, you know – I mean, so the new format they've introduced is they're still playing it the week before the Super Bowl – um, they have two teams, the AFC and the NFC, led by the Manning brothers. Peyton leads the AFC. Eli led the NFC. They switched it to a flag football game, which, you know, it had been kind of trending that way anyway for quite some time. <laughs> it had been pillow fights for years and years. Yeah. And so, you know, now we've got all these different little games, like, you know, you had dodgeball, this lightning round. They, they literally had longest golf drive. I mean, they put football players up there and were trying to drive a golf ball Precision passing, best catch, gridiron gauntlet, um, two flag football games. I mean, Jordan, I know you didn't get a chance to watch it. I didn't really either. But I have never had this innate desire to watch the Pro Bowl before this. Did this move the needle with you at all? Did that make you want to watch it? I don't I don't really watch. I don't really watch them, any of them, to be honest with you. I know we're going to get to the other ones. Um, I will say – on occasion, which again, I don't want to spill the beans. Obviously, I know people know what happens in these All Star weekends, but the one I do watch is the Home Run Derby most of the time, yeah. if I can. Um, but I, yesterday, I, I again, judging off what I saw, the videos I saw, now I, I don't understand how Derrick Henry scored from like twenty yards out in flag football running the ball. I don't know how that <laughs> happened because he ran to like three people and nobody grabbed his flag. I saw that. Um, but other than that, John, I. I mean, I guess it's fun to do the little games and, you know, they kind of interact and have a good time. Um, 
But ESPN wasn't stupid. They they brought the Manning or the NFL wasn't stupid either. I'm sure they had a partnership, but uh, they brought the Manning brothers out to coach these teams to try to get eyes on it because everybody was watching the Manning cast and that was funny this year. And that's one of my favorite parts of Monday Night Football is being able to watch the guests yeah. they have on and how they cut up and interact with each other. Um, so I think maybe they thought if they put those two guys in charge that uh, there would be enough to to get people to to turn it on. But I, I just I don't I don't know what you do to improve it. Um, or just not have anything at all. I don't think you can move it to the middle of the season because football, yeah. we know how brutal football is. Um, you would almost have to throw in a bye week for everybody in the middle of the year. And I just don't Which think. Which is similar to what the other, I mean, the other leagues do that. Yeah, so. I, yeah but I just, I don't know it that it different. would go over so well in the NFL um, because you got so many people that are, that are prepping for, you know, big games. Like you, think about if you had a, a couple guys that really didn't like each other the week before they played each other, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna throw out any names or anything, but it would just be kind of DK Metcalf. Yeah, it would just be kind of weird, I think, and I don't know how well it would go over. Um, they're professionals; they probably could handle it, but I don't think it would go over super well. So, how mm-hmm. do you, I guess, get more eyeballs on it if you're in the NFL? What What do you do to get more people's attention? I don't really know. I mean, I, I thought, you know, I was thinking bring back some some older names that still can do a little bit uh, and make them part of like a celebrity competition or, okay yeah you, know, you get the celebrity softball game that happens the night before the is it the night before the mlb all-star game i think so i yeah, think it's like the night that. before um and for me if i'm at home i'm not going to make it a point to watch it but if i flip it over there it's kind of entertaining because you got some different names out there usually some retired mlb players and some guys that and, and even gals that uh, are celebrities that are trying to show their athletic ability yep. and and sometimes that's funny. So, and I think the NBA does that as well. So maybe that's a maybe that's an idea, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I mean, so going to the NBA and the NHL briefly, or MLB. Obviously, the MLB you've got the home run derby. They do a futures game. I think they do the celebrity softball game, and then they used to do it. I don't know if they still do it. They used to have the All Star game for home field in the World Series, which kind of helped it be competitive in a sense. The NHL they do a skills competition. And then theirs is a little bit different. And this is honestly something I wonder if you could do this, you could play this out in the NFL in some way. They they only have four divisions in the NHL, and they basically do four all-star teams, for one for each division, and play a mini tournament. So could you take, honestly, the flag football tournament or flag football idea, turn it into a tournament of sorts or a seven-on-seven type thing for the NFL? I mean, there's that thought. Um I'll say this, Jordan, you know, to the NBA. I I think the NBA is probably the best overall weekend. Um, You know, you've got the Celebrity Game and Rising Stars on Friday night, and then on Saturday they do the G League All-Star Game. You have the Dunk Contest, the Three-Point Contest, the Skills Challenge, and then the All-Star Game itself, which is really, to me, become the best one because of the Elam ending that they introduced – excuse me, they introduced in, in the wake of Kobe Bryant's death where, you know, you have the target score and, you know, you got guys out there laying it on the line like it's game seven of the finals. And, you know, the first three quarters of the entertainment, the last quarter is balls to the wall fun. Trying to um, get there. Yeah. So I, I guess to me, if you're the NFL, you're the MLB, the NHL, you've got to find a way to implement some sort of an Elam ending type thing to, to get some competition out of this and get yeah, eyeballs on it. Of course, they stole the Elam ending from the TBT tournament that was yes. getting so much, you know, feedback of how cool it was. And it's 
it's one of my favorite tournaments to watch because you get a lot of older guys that played college basketball and such that have come back and <clears throat> formed a team, and it's just fun to watch. But, yeah, I think that could definitely help if you look at something like that. The MLB – that doesn't, you know, that doesn't determine home field anymore. They they go over the best overall record, um, you know. So I I don't think the All Star game for them means as much anymore either. Since that, I think it was twenty seventeen or twenty maybe twenty sixteen when they changed that back. So since then, you've just seen a lot of pitchers that have just thrown an inning or two, guys getting the bats, which that's kind of what you want to see is anyway. Um, but I don't think other than the home run derby, I don't think there's a whole lot of people that care about that. Uh, I like the home run derby because you you can catch a guy that's hot. And he just he just he can hit twenty yeah. in a row. I mean, yeah, that's that's just and there's always stories, you know, who's throwing to him and, and all that stuff too. So and, and I will even say, despite I think the NBA having the best weekend <clears throat> lineup, the dunk contest is so watered down now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got guys in the G League. I think that are they're doing it. This well, year. That's part of it with the NFL yesterday. It's hard to get everybody to uh, participate. Those guys. Tyler Huntley home. is in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, they're cars too. <laughs> they're cars. Yeah. When you got guys that, you know, just had long playoff runs, they're not really wanting to turn around. I mean, they could, but like a Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or whoever it may be, uh, Chase did. But they're still, um, yeah, they're. You got to have the biggest names in the league that are participating, and that would help. But like you said, even with the dunk contest, it's just not a lot of people that want to do that. A lot of people are declining it now. Yeah, and I think that's the other factor, too. You've got to find a way not only to get your your sport's biggest names in it, but you have to get it to where they actually are, are trying. Yeah. You put a product together. That, that's why, yeah. you know, you almost wonder if you did some kind of a four- to eight-team flag football-type tournament for the Pro Bowl games with, you know, some of the best names, and you put, you know, put something on the line that they can compete for. I, I think that would give them some incentive to, you know – or a big cash prize or, you know, something like that, that that will incentivize these players to do it. But obviously we won't have any power to fix it, but, you know, we know as sports fans, those are some of the least watched things year in and year out. And so obviously you would hope that they could be fixed at some point. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We will preview Super Bowl, the Super Bowl this weekend between the Eagles and the Chiefs. It is the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. For your next car or truck, come see Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Jerry Ward and his all-star team have a lot filled with pre-owned small, mid-sized, and full-size cars, SUVs, and nice trucks, too. And if they don't have the right size, they'll find it for you. No matter what you're looking for, score your next ride at Jerry Ward Autoplex, Real Foot Avenue in Union City, or online at jerrywardautoplex.com. Like Jerry always says, don't dream it, drive it. Be a winner with Jerry Ward Autoplex in Union City. Segment four on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. Super Bowl 57, Jordan. I, I just took a look at it. That is what it is this weekend. The Eagles 57. and the Chiefs. 57, yes. The top two, the top seeds from both conferences are playing this weekend for the right to be the world champion. The Eagles are wearing green. The Eagles wear, will wear white. But interesting note, the teams that wear white – have won 15 of the last 18 Super Bowls. And so, you know, Jordan, last week I kind of said I was leaning Eagles. And then I got to thinking this weekend. I started talking to somebody about this, and really I just started thinking out loud. And while I think if you look top to bottom, you put these teams on paper, top to bottom, 
I think the Eagles overall probably have the better roster. Oh, yeah. But quarterback to quarterback, I mean, do you want Pat Mahomes or Jalen Hurts? Yep. And I think, ever, you know, anyone with a brain is saying Mahomes. And that's where I, it makes it hard for me to kind of figure out where I'm leaning as we sit here, you know, six days or so away from the game. So where are you at? Where are you at thinking about this right now with a week to go? Well, last week, obviously, I was on the Chiefs um, just because I thought that, again, quarterback, coach, experience, experience matters. Uh, but I've had the opposite perspective, just sitting down and thinking about it. Um, I've, I, I kind of lean the Eagles now. I think that the Chiefs will jump out to an earlier lead. Uh, but the Eagles will figure it out offensively down the stretch because um, they just got a lot of talent of that. I, I, I want Trey Smith to get one. I want the Chiefs to win for more reasons than just that. You can probably read between the lines there. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I just don't know if I can handle A.J. Brown leaving the Titans and the next year winning the championship. That just would be really hard, John, to tough pill to swallow. Yeah, um, I will say the uh... – I will say this: a Kelsey brother will win the Super Bowl. I it will indeed. Um, I guess here's the other thing: how healthy is Patrick Mahomes going to be with two weeks off? And then can Kansas City protect him? Because we've talked about it. You know, the defensive line for Philadelphia has been really good, and, and while the Chiefs have made improvements on the offensive line, it's still been shaky here and there. But I will say, um, here's another thing that I was just reading on ESPN. Madden has done their simulation. Who who do you think the Madden the Madden sim has it? I would say probably the Eagles by six. Two touchdowns. Really? 31-17. However, I, I you know that may or may not be a good thing because Madden has missed the last two Super Bowls. They picked the Bengals to win last year. They picked the Chiefs to beat the Bucks two years ago. So, you know. I don't know. I mean, there's all these different, you know, I love all these different little, yeah, yeah. little angles that people come up with. The Madden Sim, the white jerseys, the team who's won the coin toss has lost like the last 15 Super Bowls. So, I mean, like, I don't know if it means anything, but clearly there's a trend here for it's whatever cool. reason. It's cool to talk about. It's cool to talk about. So, where do you stand with, I guess, the upfront battle and how healthy Patrick Mahomes will be? Man, the Eagles are really good on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I, we talk about the NFL. You got to have a quarterback to win. To win the big ones, you got to have a quarterback. You're going to lean Mahomes over Hurts. Everybody is. How healthy is he? How well can he play? How much pressure can the Eagles get on him? But John, there's so many games, and this is why I've kind of turned the page a little bit. I think the Chiefs get out, you know, early. But there's so many games that are won at the line of scrimmage, and the Eagles are better on both sides of the ball up front. They are. I mean, it's all year long they have been on the defense front. All year long they have been on the offense front. That's why I think the longevity of the game, late third quarter, fourth quarter, I just feel like the Eagles are going to take over and be able to do enough to to squeeze one out. And what do they do well that our buddy Mike Hutchins loves to talk about? Run the football. They run the football, man. Miles they, Sanders. I think Miles Sanders had more running to, uh, rushing touchdowns than anybody in the league this year, right? Is that right? He might. Yeah, I mean, he had a really good season. I mean, he uh, – yeah, he has had – I mean, they run the ball well, whether it's with Miles Sanders, whether it's yeah. with Jalen Hurts. Let me, let me bring you to this point, Jordan. Who would need this win more at quarterback? I mean, Jalen Hurts for the vindication of I'm here to stay or, or not, you know, I mean, is this the beginning for him? Could it be a one-hit wonder? Or for Mahomes, who with a loss would then have lost two of his three Super Bowl appearances and then 
you know, perhaps some questions begin to get asked about him and, and his legacy. It's so early for both of them. I don't think, I don't think it really, I don't think either one of them really need it. I mean, that's, that's going to sound really weird. I sound wild coming out, but um, I'll say, I'll say it like this. I don't think it affects either one of them and how they're viewed if they lose, depending on how they lose. Now, if Mahomes goes out there and throws four picks and they lose by 40, sure. If, if Hurts completely craps the bed and looks like he doesn't belong, sure. But if it's a competitive game and they're both playing their game and one of them loses a close one, I don't think it affects them too much. Now, is it going to – now, who will it help the most? It helps Mahomes the most because he's young and he would have his second, and he's going to be around for a while. He's going to be the new – you know, they talked about it when Brady retired. He'll be the new face of the league at the position. Um, so, we'll see We'll see what happens and, and who it is. But I don't think it hurt if it's a good ball game and they both play well, I don't think it hurts either one of them unless, you know, one of them goes out there and just has an awful game. It helps Mahomes more, though, in my opinion. Do you think Jalen Hurts can can match Mahomes blow for blow? Because we've seen at times, and even in that, you know, you think about that San Fran game, a lot of short fields for the Eagles helped him score some touchdowns. Their offense didn't look, you know, prolific by any stretch, but he's thrown the ball well at times, but there are other times where it's been hit or miss, and we know what we're getting in Mahomes. And so if if the Chiefs turn this into a, hey, we're going to load the box, and Jalen Hurts, you better throw for 350 yards to beat us. I mean, do, do you think the Eagles can win that way? I think he has over 60 rushing yards, too. I think he uses his legs more this week than he has all year. I think they've kind of been saving that. Um, but that's a spot where Jalen Hurts can hurt you. And then in the Super Bowl, you're doing whatever you can to win the game. It doesn't matter if you have to run, throw. Uh, we've seen Mahomes start behind his back, under his legs. I mean, under underhand toss. Whatever it takes uh, to win the game is what they're going to try to do. So, uh, I think he can, but I don't know that it's going to be blow for blow with his arm. I think he'll have to use his legs in, in some of the um, some of the clutch moments there down the stretch of the game. Make no mistake about it; it is two offensive minds that are colliding. And I would, I mean, I'm expecting a fun game. I, I think I would say a lot of points. Out. I would say a lot of points. The yeah. over under is fifty on it. Where do you sit on that? You you if you're, I'm not a betting man, but fifty kind of seems low to me. Don't you think? I mean, yeah, I would say mid fifties would be about right. Yeah, so I would probably take the over. Um. Yeah, I mean that. I could. I, I mean, Madden said thirty-one seventeen. I could see a, a you know twenty-four twenty-one or a twenty-seven twenty-one or maybe even yeah. a, if it's in the thirties, I could see a thirty-three thirty, which would be yeah. six. You know, sixty-three points, something like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's going to be a really good game. And again, I think the Chiefs jump out and they lead by ten and. It looks like, oh, God, here we go. And then down the stretch, I just think that Coach Markle talked about it at, at the uh, banquet. I think the Eagles just lean on you, man. I think, they, <laughs> I think they lean on you and wear you down. And eventually um, – and, it, again, it goes back to – you mentioned it when you mentioned Hurts. There's a lot of these Eagles players that are young that haven't been in the moment. How much does experience going to factor into the game? Well, that is, is that what's going to get the Eagles beat? They're probably going to have a slow start. Because of that, the jitters and the Chiefs have been here and Andy Reid, Patrick, Pat Mahomes, all of them have been here. But we also have to remember that the weapons for Kansas City, a lot of those guys haven't been here. They've gotten rid of a lot of those guys. These are a lot yep. of guys that are new to this too. So who starts slow? You know, who starts fast? And, um, you know, a lot of these young Eagles superstars, will this big game, big stage get to them? That's the key. Eagles are a one-and-a-half point favorite as we sit here and. 
you're selling me on it, man. I'm leading Eagles right now just because <laughs> the line of scrimmage thing. Um, yeah. and, and I, you know, I, I think they can they can pull this out. Should be another, a, another team has Pat Mahomes. That's why it's hard for me. I mean, it's yeah. just it's hard for me. It is. Should be a ton of fun though. Super Bowl kicks off five thirty on Fox on Sunday night. So we'll obviously be talking about that next week. Is it Greg? Is it Greg Olson and um and uh Burkhart? Uh they're the lead Fox crew, right? They are, and I think they do a good job. I think they have really yeah. done done well this year. So they go move Greg Olson down and, and put Brady there, I guess. I guess so. Um I don't know. Interesting. That, interesting. It creates an interesting problem because Olsen has been really good this year. Yeah, he so. has been. We'll take a break. We'll come back with, with the final segment of the show, the stock market, coming up on the other side on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex. Are you looking for a place to sit back, relax, and support your favorite sports teams? It's the Hawks Nest Bar and Grill in Martin. On Mondays, $3 well shots and $1 90 light cans. Also, weekly cornhole tournaments with $10 blind draws. Sign ups at 6 and bags fly at 7. Titsy Tuesdays, trivia night, $2 well tequila shots, $2 90 cans, two for one well shots, and also $2 tacos. Wednesday, wing Wednesday with 50 cent wings. Karaoke on Thursday and each and every weekend, live music. So be sure to stop by and support your favorite local bands at the Hawks at 105 Church Street in Martin. Final segment of the show today on the Tri-State Sports Program presented by Jerry Ward Autoplex and the Hawks Nest, the stock market buying or selling different lists, prophecies, propositions, thoughts from across the sports world. We'll start with the NFL. I saw a list of the top five Super Bowl moments, Jordan. Man, you're making this hard. You're making this would hard. be timely. Um, so, and I don't know that I necessarily agree with this, with everything on this, that that's where this is going to get interesting because it, there has been a lot of good ones. And I thought of one immediately that I, I thought had to be on here, but wasn't, but we'll start with number five, Malcolm Butler's goal line interception in Super Bowl 49, when the Seahawks inexplicably did not run the football with Marshawn Lynch. I mean, it's one that you immediately think about. Yeah, but I haven't I haven't been able to watch all the Super Bowls, obviously, um, in my lifetime. Um, but it's it when I think of the big plays, I think that's one that would come to mind. So that would probably put it in the top five if I had to list them. Yeah, I'll leave it at number five. I think a couple more are bigger, but mm-hmm. certainly uh, a memorable moment. So yeah, I'll buy it at number five. Number four, Scott Norwood misses a forty-seven yard field goal wide right to blow Super Bowl twenty-five for the Bills, obviously before our lifetime, but buy or sell, you would put it in the top five. I've, I've seen a ton of conversations about it, though, and the video of it and everything else. Uh, the significance for the Buffalo Bills organization and how you know the, how it definitely hurt them um, and the passion they have and the, how they still talk about it to this day, I think it's got to be right there, five or six, something like that. See, I think I'm going to move it down to six. I'd sell it yeah. out of the top five because – the one that's not on here, to go ahead and tell you, that I think has to be on here is the toe-tap San Antonio Holmes. You know, Man, game. yes. That yes. one has – to me, that has to be a top five. I mean, that I mean yes. that that is iconic. I mean, I mean that – I mean, to win the game like that, to, I mean, I, I just – to me – That's wild. I mean, and another one, you know, this is me thinking out loud. One that it's not – that's not on here, the flip the Scott Norwood thing on it said – Adam Vinatieri kicking the first game-winning field goal as time expired in Super Bowl history when, uh, you know, the, the Patriots won that first one in 2001. That's yep. not on here. I think yep. that one has a spot somewhere. Brady um, bringing them back from 28-3, man. Yeah, gosh, yeah, that's another one. 
as much yeah. as I hate it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to sell on Norwood. I would probably replace the San replace it with the San the San Antonio Holmes uh, yeah. game winner for the Steelers. Uh, number three, John Elway's helicopter run in Super Bowl 32. I'm buying it. I think you have to have it on the list. I think I it's, it's got to be in the top three. Probably, maybe yeah. even the top two. That was wild. Yes. Before our lifetime, but obviously, you know, with Elway having lost, I think, three before that, and mm-hmm. he's older in his career, and he's trying to make a play. You see how much he wants to win a Super Bowl, and, you know, he's landed on the line. I think he was like 38 in that Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I absolutely buy. You're going to hate this one. Number two, Kevin Dyson stopped a yard short in Super Bowl 34. Would have been the first Super Bowl to go to overtime. The Rams' goal line stand gives them a Super Bowl title. Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> Move it out. Move it out. Get it out of the top. Get it out of the top five. I don't want to see it. Uh, I've heard this story from my dad so many times and show, been shown the video. That that was a rough, rough deal. Yes. Yeah, I think it belongs on the list, though. I mean, it it is. I'm it sure is you icon- do, John. I'm sure you Let, do. I mean, look, it is an iconic moment. I mean, it is. And then number one, I mean, I mean, this was before the age of stuff going viral. This went about as viral as it could go in 2007. David Tyree's helmet catch in Super Bowl 42. Do you remember this? Is that's great. That, I mean, it deserves to be there. But when reading that, made me think about the Edelman catch in that Falcons Patriots yes. Super Bowl. Yes. Do you remember that? How yes. he the ball? I mean, it looked like it was going to hit the ground, and he bobbled it, and he was able to catch it on top of like a Falcons player. I don't remember exactly how it was. Yeah. I mean, I know that wasn't a touchdown, but that was a fourth down conversion. I believe I mean, it, was a, it was a huge play in the game. Yeah, and that was a uh, man that that may even have an argument. It's good. Yeah, that may have one. So, yes, dude, there's a lot of good moments. This is this is fun to think about. But that that David Tyree catch was I'll never forget it. I'll remember where I was. That's yep. that's how I go back. And I think if I can remember where I was, who I was talking to, who I was watching with. Uh, and I, more than anything, I remember those graphics and how much graphics have changed since. Yes. Well, I mean, I'll tell you this. It's like, I mean, to tell you how old we are at this point, how old we feel. The only two plays from that game I, I can really remember in real time. Like, I mean, you can go back and watch the highlights, sure. But when I think of that game, the two plays all I'll ever remember, David Tyree's catch and then the Plaxico Burris catch that was ended up being the winning score. I mean, other than that, I, I don't I couldn't tell you anything. Yep. That happened the rest of the game. I mean, so I mean, obviously, that's one of the greatest Super Bowls in the history of the game. So, former NFL quarterback David Carr, the older brother of Derek Carr, made this statement earlier this week. Thought this would be fun discussion. If Michael Vick played in the current NFL offensive systems, he would be in the GOAT conversation. Do you buy or sell that, Jordan? In his prime, when he was playing his best ball, probably so. He'd have probably been in the conversation in that moment because I mean he's there's a lot of things Pat Mahomes did does that that Michael Vick could do whenever he was playing his best football. So and they're talking about him as being an all time great already. So conversation, sure, why not throw everybody in the conversation? Um, he would have been he'd have been really really good though the way it's changed offensively. So I, I think I'll you always ask by yourself. I know I never answer. Um, I guess I'll buy because he said he used the word conversation, so I can buy it. See, I, I leaned to sell, and this is just because even in today's NFL, the the quarter and here, here's what separates Mahomes 
and I don't maybe Vic was more it's just been so long since I watched Vic play in his prime but Mahomes is throw first run second and, and I feel like the run first quarterbacks are so injury prone we saw it with RG3 Lamar's even dealt with it a bit you've seen it with Jalen Hurts a bit they just and, you know you hope it doesn't happen with Justin Fields it, they just don't have long shelf lives they have the shelf life of a running back because the injuries add up Yep. So I, that's where I would just say I, I don't know that's because a good point. That's of good Vic's, point. you know, Vic's mobility and running. How healthy could he have stayed long term? Because um, that was a big part of his game. So it was. It was yeah. a huge part of who he was. So a couple NBA ones. Then we will get out of here today. Kyrie Irving will remain in Dallas long term. Buy or sell Jordan? Sell. It's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> so. I mean, that's, I, you know, that's the easiest one you've ever asked me. Uh, I, I sell. I'm selling too. I think in the field. <laughs> he wants he wants to wear purple and gold, man. He wants to play with LeBron. He wants to follow in Kobe's footsteps. I, I'm I'm selling too. Last one we'll deal with, and we'll we'll ha- handle the NBA should start on Christmas another day. Kevin Durant remains in Brooklyn across the life of this contract. I think it runs through 2026. So you buy or sell? He stays in Brooklyn for the next what three four years. For me, that one's easy too. Is to sell because I think, think that they don't. Like, I don't think he gets enough pieces around him, and, and before long, we'll see a headline that says Kevin Durant has asked the front office to trade him. So I'll sell. I'm it. gonna. I'm actually gonna buy because here's the here here's the problem that we discovered last summer when he requested that trade. Nobody's willing to give up the assets to move him because the Rudy Gobert trade absolutely destroyed the trade market. Now maybe in two years that changes, but at least right now, I, I don't. Think he's going yeah, to because the market's so screwed up. Yeah. Um, I mean, somebody would have to somebody would have to really really want him bad and think yes, and they'd have to have every other piece already. Yes, that yeah. and see and what pieces do you give up? That that's where I think it, you know maybe Durant wants to get out at some point, but it's just mm-hmm. so hard to move a player of that caliber. So that's where I would I would uh, I would buy. I think he stays. Um, that's going to do it for our show today. Next week, we are on, we should have a show on Tuesday at about 10 a.m. We are expected to be joined by Chad Withrow and Jonathan Hutton from Outkick 360 out of Nashville. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully, we'll have both of those guys. They had to reschedule. We're originally going to come on today. Had to bump back to next week, so we hope to have them join us on next week's show. That's going to do it for our show today. For myself, John Thornton, for Jordan Taylor, thank all of you for watching and listening wherever you did on Radio NWTN.com, Froggy 99.3, or WENK. Good morning and God bless from the Tri-State Sports Program presented by the Hawks Nest and Jerry Ward Autoplex.